You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Hey, everybody. I'm Cassie. And I'm Christina. We're from My Worst State. And uh, we just wanted to introduce you to our good friends, Katie and Nathan. And they asked us to let you know that they curse on the show. Ew. So if you hate cursing, you should get out of here. But if you love it like we do, stick around. Yeah. And if you really, really love it, then come check out our show. Again, it's My Worst Date. You're going to love us because gosh darn it, we do curse quite a lot over at My Worst Date. <laughs> so have fun today on Queen's Podcast. And then, you know, maybe afterwards, just come check us out for some bad dating stories. Cheers. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. What's up, Katie? Oh, my gosh. We are back for Christina of Sweden, part de. Part de. And it is also our season finale. Yeah, so for those that don't know, we like to take a little bit of a break on summer because, you know, burnout is real. Burnout is real, and we love you guys, and that's why we have to take a self-care break once a year. Yes. For a few months. So this one will either be coming out late late May or early June, and then we'll see you guys again in September. I can't wait. But we're going to be running. We've already got our first episode of season six picked out. It's someone that y'all are thirsty for. So I'm just thirsty in general. Well, then drink your wine, Nathan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, gorgeous. <laughs> and also while we're gone, we are going to be running some stuff from the Patreon, as well as um, some other podcasters who have lent us some material for you guys. So during the break is Nathan's birthday. And so I got Nathan a gift, but I did use the funds from Patreon. So we all got Nathan a gift. (laughs) Nathan, if you could go into the show notes and click on that link where it says Nathan's gift. And you can zoom in if you need. You can zoom in if you need to see it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Nathan is now officially a Scottish lord. Yeah. We bought Nathan a like square foot of land in um, Glencoe, Scotland, I think it is. Yes, it's almost Glencoco. It's almost Glencoco. Like you go, Lord Glencoco, and you you're gonna you love it. You can print up those certificates if you want, get a frame, but you'll also be getting like a certificate in the mail. 
mail and stuff too. Yeah. Along with a coffee mug that says, I'm a lord. So you are officially <laughs> Lord Nathan Foster. Yes. yes. Finally, somebody recognizes my talent. So I thought that that was going to be, since I couldn't get you a queenship, I thought getting you to be a lord was a very fitting so happy early birthday i this is like the best gift ever (laughs) i love this i thought you might Uh, finally finally (laughs) where's my crown bitch so happy birthday nathan thank you Okay, so you want to get into Christina? Yeah, so if you didn't listen to episode one, you might want to, like, circle back Mm -hmm. to that and listen to that, because you'll be real lost if you don't listen to that one. A hundred percent. So when we last left Christina, she was just about to have her coronation. Finally! Yes, if you remember, Christina had actually hit her 18th birthday about five years before. Right, and they had just been putting it off because Sweden was at war and her Regency Council kept holding off the coronation. So that also kind of left her, like she really wasn't officially in charge until after the coronation. It kind of fucking sucked, you know, that they kept putting it off. So Christina went behind the backs of her advisors and tried to make peace in a war called a war. A war. A war. A war. A war. You do war. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> in a war called the Thirty Years' War. So now she can be crowned queen officially. officially. Though we have to remember, she is. She has actually been queen since she was six. <laughs> And now she's finally getting her coronation when she's like 25 or something like that. Like she's, she's a grown ass woman and she's finally getting her coronation. So you're all cut up from last week's episode. Can we talk about this coronation, please? Oh my God. I love, I, I love a bougie coronation. <laughs> We've seen several on this show and this one is no exception. It is over the top, is fancy. She's been waiting five years. Yeah, I mean, if I had five years to plan my own coronation, because now I'm a lord. Now you're a lord. and we, I, I, I have to have a coronation. We're going to have to have a coronation for you, I and think. <laughs> it's, I, I can't wait five years. And if I did wait five years, it would be extravaganza. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. It is described as the most lavish coronation in Swedish history. I love this for her. I love it for her, too. She arrives to the palace they're having it at in this carriage that's just like decked out in jewels, decked out in tapestries. It's pulled by three white horses that are also decked out in jewels. Oh my God. So she steps out of her carriage and she's wearing a custom made velvet robe designed in the pelly. And it's black and gold and crowns embroidered all over it with flames. Oh. My God. I saw a recreation of it online. I'll probably post it on our Instagram or something. But it's just like, it was some fancy fucking shit. Um, One thing that I love, the palace where she had the coronation and they were having three days of partying afterwards, she replaced the water in the fountains at the palace with wine. Oh my God. Katie and Nathan would be at that party. Oh my God. Sitting next to the fountain and like, we're just like, hey guys, guys, guys this, this is this fountain. This fountain has wine. We gotta get one of these back in the house, y'all. So fucking awesome. It's Christina. Christina, good choice. <laughs> 
I, honestly, I think she would have loved us. <laughs> I think so. Either way, it was a big fucking deal. Like, this whole get-together. It was together. huge. Mm-hmm. And her mother was invited, Ooh. which, again, you need to revisit the first episode if you don't know why that's a... Like, they had a tense relationship. But mom was there, and it doesn't seem like mom started any drama, but... Because everything I read noted that mom was there and people were nervous about mom being there. Leads me to believe that some, they thought she might. Like everyone was nervous that she might start drama. Yeah, maybe this is where Christina got a little bit of her flair for the dramatic. Oh, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's kind of mom's end of the story at this point. Right. Which is probably a relief to Christina. Right. She's like, oh God, just go back to... Brandenburg or Brussels, Brussels wherever or the hell wherever. she went. Yeah, <laughs> Mama was like, I, I just, I just want to go back to Germany. And Christina was like, that is, that works. That's probably for the best. <laughs> they, her hometown, like, wouldn't take her back unless Christina was gonna like pay for her, like, give her a pension. Okay. And so yeah, Christina was like, yeah, here's, here's some money, here's a check. Let me put some respect on this check. Just go. Yeah, she's like, for mom. For uh, the memo, mom. The memo. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so Christina looks around and she's like, I got goals for Sweden. So her dad had really changed how Europe had seen Sweden at mm-hmm. this point. Before and, him, they weren't really, they were kind of more considered backwoods. Yeah. But he kind of made them, because of his military conquest, um, you know, a player on the chessboard now. Yeah, and he wanted to really establish a name and keep building on that. So he made Stockholm as the city of education, which it kind of still is today. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a lot about Stockholm because... Well, Sweden's got a great education system. Fantastic. Love this yeah. for them. I, I just know that it's supposed to be a very cold there, which we will <laughs> talk about somebody later who I very much identify with. <laughs> Being like, oh, Sweden sounds cold. That's right, Christina, She's she wants to keep building on that. So, you know, they've made a name for themselves and she wants to bring more culture. Like, she wants to make it a hub for philosophy, poetry, theater. She wants not to just be a major player in war, she wants to be a major player in the arts ah, in Stockholm. Finally, a bitch after my own heart. Yes, which we love. But a lot of people in the country were like, I mean, that's cool, but that it just it didn't seem to be a goal that resonated with anybody in like her council or really any of the taxpayers. Yeah, either. they're basically just like, hey, um, so when are you gonna have babies? When are you gonna have those? babies and she was just basically like why are you so obsessed with my uterus sweden her swedish poussoir is her own it is my own poussoir leave my poussoir alone (laughs) the swedish laws Sorry, so to appease people and in hopes that they would leave her alone she appoints her cousin carl gustav as heir but then of course everyone starts to speculate you're fucking your cousin. You wanna you wanna get married to your cousin? Which I mean, unless you're brand new to Queen's podcast, that them being cousins wasn't that was not an issue. That was no. a non-issue. I think it's our old statement: if you aren't fucking your cousin, are you really are royalty? You even royalty, and <laughs> not fucking your cousin. <laughs> 
I mean, they're like basically they're half first cousins. Yeah. So her aunt Catherine, who we spoke about in the first episode, who basically was the only maternal figure that she knew. Her aunt Catherine was actually her dad's half sister. So it's her half first cousin. Oh, so you have your first cousins, and then your, you have your half, first, your half first cousins, <laughs> and then you have your second first yeah. cousin, half cousins, right? Like, yeah, but he's my first cousin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mean Girls <laughs> reference if uh, for our younger viewers. Me and Nathan, we went and saw Mean Girls in the theater together. Yes, we did. Yes, yes we, we did. did. Oh. When we were five. I know, right? We were literally... Five years old. Don't don't look it up. So Gustav and Christina have been raised together. So I think Christina was just like, look, I know he's a smart dude. He's a good guy. You know, he knows that Christina is not going to marry him because ill men. <laughs> so now you're my heir, and you know, like everybody's happy. I'm yeah, I've appointed my heir. I'm not. I, I I'm saying like in case I never have children but she knows she never wants to have children mm-hmm. so she's like he's my heir everyone's happy except for Axel you remember the Axel guy oh god this drama he's still Christina's main advisor and he is over her going against tradition like the two of these are these two people are just like really butting heads at this point he's like he's done with her refusing to marry Maybe having a girlfriend, publicly declaring that she didn't want children, naming her cousin as an heir. He is just over her bullshit. And she's over his, too. Yeah, you know? they're buttonheads yeah. big time. So, heading back to her scholarly issues, mm-hmm. Christina wants to build a university and a theater. Love it. I Love know. this. So about four years before she had a correspondence with Rene Descartes, maybe you've heard of him. Yes. A quick summary of who he is. Uh, He was a famous French philosopher, scientist, and mathematician. And he was also like a super duper Catholic. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but like in case you don't remember from the first episode, Sweden was staunch not about the Pope. They were super Lutheran. And that's what the whole 30 years war was a war of religion, more or less. So like the, her having a correspondence with somebody with such a hard Catholic leaning was in the eyes of her people and advisors, a problem. Yeah. And she had been asking Descartes to like come out to Stockholm for years and years. Years and years. And he was like, why, why would I? Why? Yeah. So Sweden and France have been fighting for, and forever and the Swedish people weren't super chill about Catholics yeah so he's like it's a trap yeah I well I could see like while the 30 years war was still going on like hot and heavy before this I could also see like why so I can come out there and you can hold me hostage or something does it sound fun to me Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) (laughs) anyway oh boy Nathan he's got the jokes Oh, and also he was like, okay, bro, this place is straight up cold. And you know what? As a Texan, can relate. (laughs) Like I was just saying earlier, like one of the only things I really know about Sweden is it cold. She cold. She cold, yeah. But now that, you know, Christina is officially crowned, she's like, no, Descartes, look, 
I want you to come out here, help me open this university because my council's a bunch of bag of dicks. Yes. They don't want to help me. Yes. They just want to bitch at me for not getting married and not putting a baby in my uterus. Right. And it's also possible that what really made him eventually decide to come out is that she was like probably on the DL telling him, I want to learn more about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in, you know, I was raised being like super anti-Catholic. So I don't have anybody here in Stockholm that can tell me about it without it already having like a negative slant to it. So do you think that she really wanted to know about Catholicism or was this like a ploy to get him out there? Yes. Okay, that's yeah, a very... I think, I, think it was, I think it was... I did. I do think she wanted to learn about Catholicism. We see this a lot, especially like with people, you know, if you're raised super conservative, you might be interested in learning about, you know, what... what it's human nature, things that are kept from you, you want to learn more about, you know? Yeah, I agree. And But also, I think that that pr- probably helped him come out. And so, I yeah, I think a little bit of both. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Christina sends the ship to go pick up Descartes. You know, he's coming out to Sweden. Mm-hmm. And he brought 200 books, which I love this. I love that. Honestly, I was surprised it wasn't a little bit more. I know, right? Because he's Are you really that smart? Yeah. Like, like, and it's not like they had the internet. It's not like he had a, a Kindle where he could store a bunch of books on or anything. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to have more books, honestly. but maybe Or maybe she was like, 200 is your limit, and what you can't bring, I can find for you here. Right, right. Maybe there was a deal there. Yeah. But there was a deal there. They started working together. It seems like the two, they probably butted heads a few times, but they've got their eyes on the prize. They want to open up this university and get shit going. And also, maybe we should just make the disclaimer that Christina is going to butt heads with everybody that she... (laughs) With everybody. Period. If she respects them, if she doesn't respect them, she is i love her she is a bit of a contrarian and she um is never gonna be like oh i respect you so i'm just gonna assume your opinion is right you know what i mean yeah she's always gonna ask a bunch of questions and you know what unsurprisingly men in the 17th century didn't love women that asked a lot of questions oh so, they still don't like women that yeah. ask a lot of questions yeah. <laughs> it's literally that but i just wonder maybe if that's one of the reasons that she butted heads with everybody so much she asked so many questions yeah but i mean who cares oh she's, she's she didn't queen. fucking care she's a fucking queen she didn't fucking care <laughs> if you didn't like her she did not give a shit if you didn't like her so christina arranged for descartes to give her lessons on philosophy and maybe be religion like three times or twelve times a week <laughs> and these lessons would start at 5 a.m in the winter in the winter okay katie katie you're kind of a early riser yeah to begin with so 5 a.m if somebody was like i need you to do this for a couple months you'd be like cool fine. yeah me i'd be like hey fuck you yeah <laughs> um, but <laughs> katie cannot handle cold weather no <laughs> no i'd be like well you can come to me but um but this was normal christina had been keeping this schedule of starting her days by 5 a.m for years like like i said she's in her mid-20s now and she started really getting responsibilities when she was 18 and she took those responsibilities seriously so the 5 a.m and then work until bedtime was her normal schedule. And she thought anyone that batted an eye at that, you know, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just get up at 5 a.m. Who, who the fuck cares? You it's know? easy. It's oh. easy. Just get up. 
Um, but I guess she didn't consider that that workload, getting up that early and working that long wasn't for everybody. And Descartes was older too. And uh, yeah, he just wasn't built for that. And he caught pneumonia and died really soon after they started working together. Hey, that's not good no. at all, because mm -mm. this was a huge setback for Christina's ideas to build this school. She wanted all these scholars from all around the world to come to Stockholm. Exactly. He, and he was like her, he was like the reason people were going to come. The bait. Yes, basically. yes. And now that she's gone, yeah, like you said, huge setback. Yeah. And she didn't really, I don't think, really grieved him. She just didn't know him that long to do that. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she was bummed. Yeah. But, and she yeah. probably learned a lot from him. But yeah. since he was a Catholic in a Protestant nation, this is kind of fucked up. This is, this is pretty fucked up, I think. Yeah. So, since he was a Catholic in a Protestant nation, they buried him in a graveyard usually used for unbaptized orphans. I have several questions about that. First of all, yeah. what the fuck is yeah, the first right, question? Okay. Come on, Two, why did they have a graveyard for or orphans that was different than that? They were unbaptized. <sighs> I know, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's not their fault. They're orphaned. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? I don't know a whole lot of children that can go baptize themselves so they can get buried. They just <laughs> so fucking cold hearted. I couldn't find anything about Christina, if she had anything to do with the choice to baptize him. Or, I'm um, sorry, to bury him, like, in a disrespectful manner. For, like, yeah, his... pretty disrespectful. For his, for his accomplishments and what he meant to her, it was kind of disrespectful. So I, in my opinion, think that she probably wasn't all about his final resting place. But 15 years later, France did petition to, like, have his remains good sent for back. You, good for you, France. And he was good sent back you. to France to be buried, uh, I guess, in a catholic cemetery i don't fucking know yeah well probably yeah so this partnership obviously short-lived because yeah. he'd be dead uh, and it did something in christina's mind at this point the flip switches yeah she's like i am not about that protestant life anymore yeah i want to be catholic ma she'd been dipping her toe in the papal ocean <laughs> and now she's just like i am ready to dive in and I have to guess that she wasn't being quiet about it because everybody, everybody that was important in like the council and stuff knew that well, she. I, I, I don't think she was a very quiet. I don't think she was individual. very. I, I don't think she was very quiet about anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Point taken. Point taken. Uh, so, part of the treaty in the Thirties Year War was that whatever religion the ruler of a country is, that's the religion of all the citizens of that country. Mm -hmm. These people, like the people underneath her. Do not want to be Catholic. No, no. <laughs> they've just been in this long war where everybody's been affected and has either lost a son or a father or a husband or something fighting over the rights for them to remain Protestant. Keep so. in mind, people have been fighting over being Catholic and Protestant for how many hundreds of years at oh, this point? Oh, God. <laughs> and so, obviously, her even floating the idea to the Swedish people of we Catholic now was never going to happen. No, but she had her mind totally set on it. Yeah. And I don't think that she had any interest in starting a civil war right. in her country. Right, exactly. So it was likely around this time that she started floating the idea of ah, abdicating. 
Abdicate. Sorry, it's very hard to say as a queen myself. I just got my lordship. I can't. Actually, you can't abdicate your lordship. Can't abdicate now. <laughs> well, let's put a pin in the A word. Dink. <laughs> let's circle back to her romance with Ebba. Remember Ebba? Oh, I love this. Her bedfellow. Yeah. <laughs> so she was most likely lovers with uh, her lady-in-waiting, Ebba Spar, and she started calling her uh, the Countess Belle, which, you know, meant the beautiful Countess. So Ebba had been engaged for a long time to one of Axel's relatives. Yeah, and Christina was like, nope, 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 nope. Whole lot of nope. Whole lot of nope. And can't have you married into this family because then uh, that could turn all against me at this right, point. Right, right. So she had her family break off this engagement and had her married to another man that Christina felt she had more power over. Complete side note. There is this movie, I think it's just called The Girl King. It's probably from like the early 2000s. I would have to double check about Christina of Sweden. It's not a great movie. Though the guy that plays Cesare Borgia is in it. And so... My tongue is now wagging. He plays a very small part in it. And the movie's... It's kind of dumb, but it's not horrible. But anyway... We we both have a lady boner for Cesare Borgia. Oh, I I forget what his name. It's something French. He's Canadian French. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We just call him Cesare Borgia. Stand there and look pretty. Um, Yes. In the movie, there is this scene where Ebba gets married. And because of it, Christina has this big mental breakdown. And that really annoyed me to use that as a plot device for, because she does have a mental breakdown and we'll discuss it in a minute. But it annoyed me for the plot device to be that because her lover got married, she had a mental breakdown when it was so much more complicated than that. And also she arranged the marriage. Oh, to the, yeah, to the, basically. Yeah, Ebba, like, yeah, because she knew, she knew that Ebba's family was never going to put up with her never getting married. Yeah, that's a big deal for a woman never to get married. It's like, what's wrong with her? Right, Right, exactly. And also she needs to, Ebba probably wanted to have children and stuff like that as well. I don't know. The movie was dumb, but it was fine. But that annoyed me that uh, Christina has this huge mental breakdown when Ebba gets married. Even yeah. In real life, she arranged the marriage. Yeah. She would have still been a lady waiting, and they probably kept finger banging. For, for a while. Yeah. For a while. So, speaking of that nervous breakdown that we discussed earlier, it is believed Christina did suffer... It's, it's impossible to classify it as a nervous breakdown 300 years later or whatever. Yeah, but, but, but I mean, I have a nervous breakdown going to the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was probably a little bit more serious than that. Um, you, have a, you have a nervous breakdown over losing your phone. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope none of you ever have to be around me when I cannot locate my phone. It is life or death. But, no, this was... This was serious. This was... Some people have also said maybe it was a nervous breakdown. Maybe it was burnout. Remember, she's been doing these, like, 13-hour days for the last 10 years. I would be done. I have to imagine there was a lot going through her head. Basically, everything she believed in conflicted with what the people of her country wanted. True. 
Her views on marriage and childbirth, she was constantly being asked super private questions about her uterus. Yeah. She's also her religion. You know, yeah. she switched from Protestant to Catholic, so that's a big deal. Her whole thing about like wanting her all her goals of like education and the arts in Stockholm aren't really materializing, which had to have been frustrating. And yeah, her council and her people just weren't seeing her vision that she was so passionate about. Yeah, and you also have to see that her mother, we have to talk genetics, her mother was mentally unstable as well. Yeah. So this could be a genetic thing that she's predisposed to quote-unquote melancholy, which could be classified as depression, anxiety. And we've seen other historical figures have like mental instabilities laying low until they hit their late to mid-twenties. So that could also be the same thing happening here. Maybe something just, though I, I don't want to compare her to Caligula, which is the first oh, example wow. I no. think of that because <laughs> she definitely wasn't that bad. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a lot of factors there. The only, the only silver lining of her quote-unquote nervous breakdown is that she demanded to have a French doctor, um, and her doctor that came from France uh, refused to do bloodletting. Oh. Which is what all the doctors yeah. in Stockholm let's, wanted let's her. Let's put leeches on you. Let's let these snakes bite on you for a little bit. Here's some leeches. And like, You're going to feel great. Blood. You're going to feel, gonna feel great. great. And luckily, this French doctor that she called for was like, no, no, we're not doing any of that. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, like, he prescribed sleep, rest, water, healthy meals, and warm baths. He, This guy was on to something. He was on to something. <laughs> Though I think all of us should have those things. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> My doctor's like, oh, wait, he's still right. Yes. Um, also, no idea if this is related or just speculating. Yeah, this might just be me, like, being rabbit holing. Rabbit holing a little bit. <laughs> oh, I'm rabbit holing so hard. <laughs> um, but three years prior, Charles I of England had been executed. Uh, executed? Yeah, oh, but that's executed right, nasty. All right, all right. I know, I've, got, I've got a title now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start pronouncing everything differently. Um, and the, Charles was super sympathetic to Catholics in a Protestant country. Yeah. So, yeah. I have to wonder if her mind's wandering to, oh, shit, I, um, I, my heart maybe lies with this different religion. Are they going to kill me? Because historically speaking, they have. But yeah, I mean, it's not a leap. Um, and yeah, that only happened three years ago, so. Yeah, so in 1654, Christina was like, well, this shit is bad for my health. All this drama. Mentally, physically, none of, I'm not having a good time. Yeah, Sweden, it's not you, it's me. But I think we need to break up, and she announces her decision to abdicate. I think that's a good place to take a quick little break. And we'll be right back with the rest of her story. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hello everyone, Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. And we're back. So Christina has decided she's had enough of being the Swedish monarch. And she informs her council that, you know, I'm... I'm going to abdicate. I don't want to do this anymore. This is not for me. Yeah, and then Axel's like, I'm going to regret this shit. I know. <laughs> because she will always do the exact opposite of yeah. what Axel tells her. Truth. She is just like, all right, you know what? Now I'm going to abdicate even harder. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick. Real quick. If anyone doesn't know abdication means, it means to, like, give up the throne. Yeah. And because Extina has a flair for the dramatic, uh, her abdication was uh, just as flashy as a coronation. Well, there was no there was no precedence on what no. to do for an abdication. So when she was like, oh, let's have a ceremony, everyone was just like, yeah, like there was no, they didn't know what the fuck to do for this. So on June 6, 1654, Christina publicly abdicated, decked out in her coronation robe and all the other royal regalia. I tried, like I kept reading the phrase she was in all her royal regalia, except for the crown and her coronation robes. I couldn't find out what else she was, was part of the regalia. Yeah. We just have awesome. to imagine it was like a whole, it was like, whole outfit a whole thing yes <laughs> and so she gets up like on the like on a stage i guess or something in front of like the entire council and the court and all the nobility and members of her council start one by one removing her regalia sounds like a nice little sex party to me if i'm standing at the front and everybody just randomly starts taking off one sock one one glove it's like a burlesque thing except the audience is doing it to you and (laughs) you don't actually get naked you just lose titles (laughs) damn no i just got my title okay we're not gonna do this we're not gonna do this So, Um, so yeah, they're one by one moving pieces of her regalia 
But when it came to her crown, the count who was supposed to remove her crown wouldn't do it. I, could, I really I really couldn't find out if he wouldn't do it because he opposed the whole thing or if he couldn't do it because he got emotional. Oh. So. I mean, that makes sense. But eventually what she ended up doing was being like, fine, I'll do it myself. Do it myself. And she did, which is great symbolism because... At the end of the day, when you abdicate the throne, you have to give up the crown. Yeah. So she physically needs to give she, up the so crown. So she both, like, physically and, like, emotionally and symbolically gave up the crown. Yeah, yeah and then she's left after everybody takes off ye old dusty clothes. <laughs> and she's in a white taffeta dress. I don't know why it was funny to me that we know that it was taffeta. I don't know why that that just made me giggle because when I think taffeta I think 80s prom dress. I know right? Yeah. <laughs> but so she's in her taffeta and she gives a farewell speech and I did read that her voice trembled and that it was short. I couldn't find like a transcript or anything but it seems like she kept it short and then she was like y'all got this and then peaced the fuck out. So let's do a quick recap on her reign. Right. So 22 years in total, mm -hmm. uh, but really only five years actually running the show. Right. And in those five years, she felt the pressure to marry, scared to embrace the religion she actually felt in her heart. Yeah. And her university failed. Like, people didn't really want any of those goals that she had set She's out. She's ahead of her time. Because, yes. like you said, like they've got like this rockin' university now, right? Rock, <laughs> rockin' rockin university. university. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and all the while, she still tried to achieve her goals. Like, she'd been working 12 hours a day for 10 years. Like, since the age of 18. She's burnt the fuck out. I would be, too. I'm burnt out thinking about it. That yeah. sounds exhausting. I work eight hours, and I need a glass of wine in my bed. And not and not seven days a week, just five days a week. No. <laughs> so she's 28, and for the first time in her life, she's a private citizen. I've always wondered how that would feel as being, like, somebody of, like, nobility going to, right. like, the opposite. Because well, we always see movies about people being peasants becoming royalty. Yeah. Like, oh, this is so but great. But the other way around. Uh -huh. I because, bet it's just as great, though. Well, yeah, they probably. Want it. They want if they want it. Because when you think about, you know, when she was queen, her health is public knowledge. So, like, her if uterus is her on uterus, display. Everybody <laughs> can just openly talk about her uterus. And now, yeah, that must be nice to kind of be like, okay, yo, yo, y'all don't get to know anything about my OBGYN visit, you know? Oh, that would be great. You did <laughs> not know anything about my pap smear. <laughs> <laughs> As part of her abdication, her cousin, the new king, gives her a pension. Like... So as part of her abdication, her cousin, the king, gives her a pension. Can so, I have a pension? I'm I, a lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying that. Lord That's going to be my, like, can I have a pension, please? I don't know. What's right? Dear Scotland. Um, <laughs> but so, okay, she's abdicating. And so she's going to retire and lead this really quiet life. Right, Nathan? <laughs> nope. Because when has quiet ever been anything we would say about yeah, this right. woman we do not associate with quiet no. um it's unclear if she couldn't live in sweden anymore or if she just didn't want to but either way she decides that she was going to live in holland 
Yep, and that means that she had to travel through Denmark, and there's something rotten in Denmark, and it's your piss-poor attitude. Do you remember that from Sassy Gay Friend? Yeah. <laughs> it just popped in my head. Anyway, Sweden and Denmark had been on bad terms since forever. Forever. And so even though she had abdicated, she still didn't want to start any shit in Denmark, didn't want to like maybe get held hostage or something. So she disguises herself as a man. Uh, yeah, for the not, journey. not not just disguises herself. Like she puts on the clothes and is like, "Oh, wait. Oh, I like this. I kind of like. I like this. Living her trans realness fantasy. She, I. She's like, I love this look for me. And so even after she arrived in Holland and she was safe for the rest of her life, she dresses in men's clothing. I'll probably put it on Instagram." that I found a portrait, it's on her Wikipedia page, so I didn't dig for it, but like I found a portrait of her, supposed to be like in her 50s, still wearing like men's Get clothes. It, bitch. Good for her. I love this. I lo- yeah, if you find something that's gonna make your life, life is uncomfortable. If you find something that's gonna make your life more comfortable, do it. Do it. Yeah. So she settles down in Antwerp and he's like, y'all, the queen has arrived. Has arrived. And as soon as she settles in, she starts hosting parties, going to the theater, attending salons, partying hard. Can you blame her? You go, Glen Coco. Yes, Lord Glen Coco. Lord Glen Coco. (laughs) I'm not going to let this down. I love my birthday present. Well, I thought you might. It was also at this time that she officially converted to Roman Catholicism. And she kept that shit quiet because that's some drama. Um, She's nervous that Sweden would be like, ah, we don't, we're not paying your pension. Yeah, we're taking your pension back now that you are Catholic. But who did word get back to, Nathan? I did. Hears that she's converted and he's like, Oh, honey. So Pope Alexander VII reaches out. He sends an email or a text. It's unclear. Or a carrier pigeon. I'm not sure. I think it's a text. Probably a text. And he's like, hey, I hear you've converted, but you're afraid that Sweden's going to cut you off if they find out you're Catholic. Fun story about how I got more money than anybody in the world. Um, <laughs> I know, still do. I still do. <laughs> Uh, and they don't pay taxes. It's bad. Um, and I've got way, way, way more money than Sweden. So come to Rome, be a public Catholic, and you'll be on my dime. Um, yes, please, said Christina. Yes. Probably. Most definitely. She's like, I'll be right there. <laughs> so Christina enters Rome. Not quite as flashy as her coronation. But, but still. still quite flashy because she has yes. the adorning crowd. Like everybody. Oh my god, she is this, in their eyes, she is this ruler who gave up everything just to become Catholic. And so for them, it is, they're very much like, uh, na 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 na, Protestants can suck it, you know, like, yeah. (laughs) She's an absolute hit at this point. Mm -hmm. She's living her best life. Giving me like partying hard vibes going oh, on. Oh, she every is night. keeping that party going and going. But now it's on the Pope's dime. And the Pope has more money than anybody, as we've already discussed. 
and he gives her her own wing in the Vatican. And okay. I, okay. Um, that one thing that it made me think of, she's still dressing like a man. We haven't covered Joan of Arc before, but I, we will one day. But w unless I'm mistaken, one of the reasons that the Catholic Church, like, charged Joan of Arc with heresy is because she dressed like a man. Yeah. And, like, it was apparently against the uh, Bible. So I'm just imagining Joan of Arc's ghost there in the Vatican being like, and this bitch gets a wing? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Oh, no. Anyway, Tina was all anyone in Rome could talk about for months. For months. Like, the next months of her years were endless fucking parties. It was like, it was balls, joust, gifts, That's wait, party, and, and that... clubs, another club, no sleep, party, plane. Oh, wow. No, I just <laughs> Do like... Do you not know the Lady Gaga quote I was talking about? Where, she, where she's like, club. Another club, no sleep, plain. And so that's just what I'm thinking. Right now. <laughs> I just heard balls, joust, gifts, and I was like, oh, this is a gay man's fantasy. Oh, <laughs> a woman's fantasy, too. It yes, like. yes, balls, joust, and gifts. Different kind of balls, balls, though, yeah. <laughs> so it's possible at this point that she fell in love with a man. I, so yay for her. Um, she just she just loves the person, not the gender. I pansexual. Think, pansexual. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. So there was this cardinal that she was so close to, a guy named Ozzolino. Yeah, Cardinal Ozzolino is my best guess is how Nailed I say it. that. Yeah. <laughs> and the two of them were very, very close. And so the gossip was just raging all around that they were lovers. In fact, the Pope like told the cardinal uh, official orders, you got to spend less time with the former queen. Ooh. Some pretty intense letters, not between the two exist. His don't exist anymore, but hers exist. Mm -hmm. There's one where she writes, I, I will live as your slave until I die. Okay, I don't like the S word in there. Well, no, I, I don't think it meant, like... Like, I know what she means. Yeah. I know what she means. She, obviously, she was not enslaved. But, like... Yeah. It just shows that, you know, we talked before about how maybe you could interpret her and Ebba's letters as, like, that's just how women spoke to each other. Mm -hmm. That was not usually how men and women wrote letters between each other. Their whole, um, their situation, like, it, it's just really interesting to me. But yeah, in my opinion, I think that if they weren't banging, they were, it was just because he was a cardinal, and they were, like, romantic. They were, like, uh, emotionally banging. Emotionally they were emotionally banging. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. So, Christina's charm at this point wears off on the Pope. Mm -hmm. He's pretty sick of her. He's like, I'm at a Pope, but bleh. Christina of Sweden. So having her there was hugely symbolic win in the eyes of Europe. Mm -hmm. She's a suit starter. She's a gossip. She partied too hard. She maybe seduced cardinals. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might be problematic. Oh, and she would make jokes in church about how all the silly Catholic rituals were. Like, no, girl. So, like, bitch, you just changed your entire life. To do these silly rituals. Like, yeah, now why are you trying to badmouth it? What? It makes me think her conversion was less about, like, her actual beliefs and more about, like, 
doing what she was told she didn't want to do or maybe she or maybe it was a scapegoat maybe she just really didn't want to be queen because so many people had their noses up in her uterus and so maybe she used catholicism as an escape very painful to have a nose up in my uterus i don't think it i don't think you could ever actually i don't think that's how it works pope alexander called her a queen without a realm a christian without faith and a woman without shame. And honestly, I love it. So no, it's giving me just like, he didn't mean for it to sound so badass, but it did. (laughs) But Christina is looking around the room. She's reading it. She can look for anything else she could. And then she notices that a country needs a queen. Yes. Um, And that country happens to be Naples. Yes. And here's what you need to know about Naples. Because, like, if right now you're like, I thought that was a city. Now you are correct. But back then it was, like, its own nation. But for, I don't know, I didn't look up the exact number, but a couple hundred years, France and Spain were always fighting over who was going to rule Naples. Because Naples was a Catholic nation. Yes, it was Catholic. <laughs> and those are like the two two of the big Catholic players. France and Spain were just always fighting over who's going to rule it. So Christina heads to France to talk to the king. Well, I mean, not officially the king, but the yeah. king's mother, because King Louis XIV. Little baby Sean King. Yeah, sure. Little baby Sean King. It's mom Anne was the one that she was there to, to talk about how she could help France claim Naples. The Dowager Queen of France was basically the one running the show for for little baby, baby Sean King. Her plan made no sense. Um, Christina is what I like to call a chaos goblin. Chaos goblin. <laughs> I call my niece a chaos goblin a lot because because I'm she's that. she's five. I'm sure I stole it from somebody. It's fine. But I call my niece a chaos goblin all the time because she's five and she just loves getting into shit. And it just gives me very Christina of Sweden. She is happiest when she's starting shit. Talk about starting shit. When she arrives in Paris, everybody had an opinion about her. Yeah, she scandalized half of the people because she wore pants. Acted more like a man, man. than a woman. Yeah, so... But then the other half of the population loved her because she wore pants and acted more like a man than... Like Viva the, la France. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the most French kind of just being like, ew, she's wearing pants. And the other room being like, oh. She's wearing she's pants. Wearing pants. <laughs> So she's talking to Queen Anne is like, hey, take Naples and put me as queen. And then I'll appoint some French dudes as my heir. And then the French were like, this honestly makes no it doesn't sense. Make, it doesn't make any sense but at we, all. But we really like you, baby girl. You're so fun. They basically told her, yeah, you're fun. We'll think about it. And they set her up in a mansion and let her stay there a while. So, I mean... She was popular. She was like a good, like, roaming attraction almost. I could just just see her at French court, like, eating a baguette, like, nomming on some cheese, being like, oh, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, people liked her. She was popular. She was fun. She liked to party. And everyone at the French court was really fine with her being there until they weren't. (laughs) And it was a very, it was night and day. It happened like that. She went from being a welcome guest until she was immediately not. And that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. So what we're going to discuss was a very bad move for Christina. Yeah. So there's this dude that was in her service while in France named Guillaume Maraneschi. 
Yes, Marineshi. I nailed this shit. I, I think that's how you'd say it. I, I don't should, know. I should just go work in French and tell them how to speak French. Well, I'm pretty sure that's an Italian name, though. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna go to France and teach them how to speak Italian. Yes, that sounds like a disaster. So this Gian guy, he was from a really high-ranking noble family in Italy. He'd been working for Christina for about two years, and she did consider him part of like her inner circle, and she trusted him. Yeah, but while in France, she finds out that he has been sending copies of all of her letters back to the Papa. And Christina got big mad. I would be big mad too. Yeah, do you blame her? No, uh, no. Yeah, you don't steal my shit and give it to other people. This, what happens next, I'm sorry, like, as I was reading it, I was like, this should have been a scene in Game of Thrones. <laughs> so... George R.R. R. Martin, if you're listening. If you're listening, if you ever want to finally finish your fucking books, here's um, something you can draw from. The shade. Yes. <laughs> so she invites Monadeshi back, like, to her room, and she's like, hey, I got a question for you. And he's like, shoot, I'm here. And she's like, hey, okay, so let's say someone has been going behind my back. Someone I've trusted has been going behind my back, and they've been deceiving me. Ooh. What should I do? Ooh. And dude was like, well, death is the only acceptable punishment of betrayal. Meanwhile, his butthole is clenched. He is like his foot clenched. And his inner dialogue Ooh. is just, fuck, 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 fuck. And then Christine was like, yeah. That's what I thought. Right. <laughs> and then told her guards to go get him. Like, and this poor dude oh my God. ran from room to room while her guards were chasing at him and trying to stab him. Uh, and he was wearing um, chain mail. And so they did get him a couple of times, but it didn't do anything because of the chain mail. So it was just like prolonged. This, like, I know it's human nature to run at people, uh, run from people chasing you with knives, but like, you're gonna die, you're gonna die. Like, oh God, I just, it stresses me out. So they got him. They got him. <laughs> and they executed him. Mm -hmm. And it said Christina was really cold about it and was just like, mm, go take him away. Take him away. Get, get him, him out, out of here. here. It's giving me Cersei, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It surprised me that she was so cold about it, because like I said, he had been like one of her inner circle for two years. So that, that, it just surprised me. Anyway. Though Christina was legally allowed to do this since she outranked him. And he was in her service. It was not a popular move. Mm -hmm. Like it was allowed, but like it wasn't done. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can, you, can you say it like that? It wasn't done. <laughs> So, the French at this point are like, what in the actual French fuck yes. is this? And you need to leave. You're, 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 you're done, bitch. You're done. <laughs> there was absolutely no more talk about her becoming queen of Naples, France helping her out in any way, shape, or form. The Monodelchi family back in Rome, like, they weren't, like, top of the rank, but they were close. They they had a lot of friends at the top. And so... They're like the Kardashians in Rome. Sure. <laughs> sure. Like, and they are just, like, telling Without the every, sex tape. <laughs> I think, actually, the Mancinis would have been the Kardashians yes, they in were, Rome. they were. They were. But, no, they were, like, um, they had enough clout to drag her name so that whenever she came back, it was, like, she was a social 
pariah. Again, this was all legal. So they couldn't bring legal action against Christina, but they could make no one want to hang out with her. Well, I mean, the the court of public opinion, Exactly. Right? Like, so you may have not done something illegal, but I can mm, make you suffer in the court exactly. of public opinion. And I think that was, um, that probably <clears throat> really hurt Christina because I think she loved everybody loving her. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> She's like Roxy from Chicago. Yes. So her international she repu- didn't get enough love in her childhood. And that's queen biz, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so her international reputation is garbage. Garbage. That's French for garbage. Yes, yes. And the the Pope called her a woman born of a barbarian, barbarously brought up and living with barbarous thoughts. Don't. That's a tongue twister. Tell us how you really feel, Pope. Woman born of barbarian, barbarous, barbarian, 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 So. Christina did lay low after a while. Like, after this, she was just like, I'm gonna just, like, chill. Given all her, all her faults, I I didn't really know, from everything that we've said previously about her, I didn't think she had self-awareness. No. But now this is making me realize, oh, she, she did. She had some self-awareness, and she laid low. Yeah, um, she wasn't feeling like anyone loved her anymore, so yeah. she kind of didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. So she goes back to Rome and lives in a palace there with, you know, maybe her lover, Cardinal. Alzolino. Alzolino. I don't think they lived together, but I think he secured it for her because obviously she couldn't go back living in her wing in the Vatican. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like quiet for about approximately a year. Yeah. And then her cousin Carl, King of Sweden, he dies. God damn it, Carl. Yep. <laughs> so Christina hightails it back to Sweden. And she's like, oh, look, I, I, let me be queen again. Wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, what? Chaos Goblin. <laughs> Chaos Goblisha. Gar- hmm, okay. okay. No, I don't know. I don't know. So Carl's only kid was only five when he died. And so she rocks up and she's like, look, hashtag babies don't need jobs. So let me step back in and I'll just take up where I left off. I'll be queen. Carl's son will be my heir. And then the the country's like, oh, baby girl, what is you doing? Collectively, they all said, no, thank you. (laughs) So basically, she was like, I'm going to cause shit until either you let me be queen again or... You give me my money back. Give me um, my pension back. Her yeah. pension. So they gave her her pension back because they're like, oh my God, just, this girl is drama. You Whatever. just need to go <laughs> be Catholic, be not Catholic, whatever. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can't sit here. <laughs> Seat's taken. <laughs> so um, they literally hand her a check and are like, please go. Go <laughs> away. I have to wonder, did she actually, she's a smart woman. Did she actually think in her wildest dreams they were going to let her be queen again? Or was this a way for her to get her welfare check? Right? Like, is this a way for her for to get her... Oh, well, I don't even think of it as a welfare check. Well, I mean, because, like a... Because she served yeah, that kind of... Like, like a, her childhood was fucked up for Sweden. So, give me some money, Sweden. You got the money. Give me the money. Like, I'm not... I'm So, I actually... And this is just me. And I'm not a scholar. 
I'm just an idiot with the internet and lots of opinions. And I... <laughs> That's how you start a podcast, guys. <laughs> I'm just an idiot with the internet and lots of opinions. I, I personally think that she was just... It was just a ploy for money. Because she knew they were never going to let her be queen again. Yeah, she they needs they a little extra check... Well, because I little extra zero. The Pope might cut her off at any moment. Yeah, she's, she's been, got. Yeah. She's been living this lavish lifestyle for a hot minute. So yeah. I honestly think I agree with you. Yeah. Sad side note. Oh no. She tried to see her her old girlfriend Ebba while she was in town, and Ebba's family. Ebba like her marriage turned out to be really sad. Her and her husband hated each other. And he kept her from seeing Christina. Oh, that's sad. That I sounds know. like there was a little bit of a lo- lesbian love story. Maybe it was not. De- mm, well, it may not be lesbian because, you know, Christina may be trans. So maybe well, it's just a love story. Uh, just a love story. Just yeah. a love story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that, that kind of sucks that she didn't get to see Ebba while she was I in town. I know. Yeah. And in 1662, at 36, Christina headed back to Rome. Yeah. Though the rest of her life is tame. By comparison to the first half, which was Party City. It's still um, pretty cool, and it's still pretty Party City, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's an outcast in Roman society, so she leans into it. And I love this. Like, yeah. she opened the first public theater in Rome. Not the first one. I think oh, it was... um The first in, like, decades. So she ends up <gasps> inviting women to act. But their uteruses... They will can't just, memorize lines. They, it'll be too much stress, and it'll make them... Their uteruses just go up to their lungs and kill them, Nathan. I mean, how can you memorize anything if you have a uterus? How? How? So there was a new pope in town. The pope that had initially invited her to Rome had died. And this guy was named Innocent the Eleventh. I don't... Some of the times I'm like, you're not that innocent. You're not, not that <laughs> innocent. So anyway, the theaters... The Pope said nope. Oh. The Pope said nope. (laughs) And he basically banned women. They could still be in plays, but they couldn't have speaking roles. Because your uterus can't memorize lines. Because your uterus... (laughs) Fun fact (laughs) about the uterus. Since memory. Like anything. Memorizing lines. A gown. (laughs) Eventually... Innocent the 11th just shut down her theater altogether. He like did this really backhanded thing where he made, he was like, oh, sorry, there's an old lease that this is where we're going to store all our grains. And just one day in the middle of like some production started moving like thousands of pounds of rice into the theater until what? there was, he just kicked them the fuck out. Like, yeah, seriously, just tell me to leave. And But at this point, Christina's like, fuck it. Yeah. And she turned part of her house into a theater where women could continue to have leading roles. Love this. I'm sure I'm sure she was like, you know what we're going to do? I don't know this for sure, but I just imagine for her personality being like, we're actually going to do all female shows. Yeah. Like, fuck you guys. So I love this for her. Yeah. She became the 17th century hipster. She kind of did. Yeah. And she was like, if you're an outcast... Come to my theater. Come here. It's the Outcast Theater. Let's be outcasts together. Let's listen to music. Let's smoke some weed and collect art and talk about weird books and no one else wants to read. Let's all read beat poetry and listen. And snap at each other. Snap at each other. <laughs> listen to Vampire Weekend. Like, it was a whole 
scene. Yes, Axtina. Like, we're gonna read some Ginsburg, some Kerouac. Like, they were just, they were like the outliers, kind of. Yeah. And she kind of thrived in it. And here's the cool thing that we don't see often. Oh my god. She was pro- Let's be nice to Jewish people. So refreshing. Oh like, my God. I, we've Highly. talked about it so many times on this show. And I think um, Catherine I, the Great is a really good oh, yeah. example where it's like, I wanted to love her unconditionally until I read about the Pale of Settlement. And that happens so many times. Like, um, Isabel of Bavaria. Also, like, I'm like, she's not that bad until I read about the expulsion of the Jews. And I was like, Why are you so but, racist? And like, so I've, I've kind of had this running theme since we started this podcast, like don't fall in love to any with any historical figure until you learn about how they treated the Jewish population in their countries. So the fact that she was like, let's be nice to them. I'm like, you never see it. (laughs) So it's so so refreshing. Refreshing or just human. Well, (laughs) I mean, it should be just human, but at the time, for the time, it wasn't sadly. I know, sadly, at the time, there was this horrible tradition of chasing Jewish people through the streets during the pre-lit carnivals. This is terrible. It is horrible. This is, I did go down a bit of a rabbit hole about this, and I have not written down most of the, things that I read in the rabbit hole because it's a bummer. Since as early as the 1400s, there had been this like humiliation of the Jewish population in Rome during the carnival before Lent. So basically what us from Southeast Texas, Cajuns, would call this Mardi Gras. Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday, yeah. Like on Fat Tuesday, they would have this carnival and they would humiliate Jewish people in one way or another. And it's horrible. Yeah, there are stories of Jewish men being stripped naked and chased while the Pope sat on a throne and watched and laughed. Oh God, it's so gross. I love how the Pope is involved in torture. There were. <laughs> That's a whole nother rabbit hole, oh, guys. <laughs> By Christina's time, they weren't stripping them naked anymore, but still, they're still like chasing them through the streets and embarrassing them. This humiliation of the Jewish people during Ye Old Mardi Gras wasn't abolished until 1847. So this went on for 400 years. But even after it was abolished, they made the Jewish population pay like a like a tax. Systematic racism, yeah. Like 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 a Mardi Gras attack? You're gonna have oh. to pay us for not chasing you and trying to kill you. Anyway, let me dig myself right out of that depressing fucking rabbit hole. Uh, yeah, Christina. Back to Christina. <laughs> Christina, like Katie, hated this shit so much. And Christina every year was like, hey, uh, Bob, uh, can you or not? Can uh, we not, for the love of God? And she she was called a barbarian. And she's like, you're calling me a barbarian? Look what you're fucking doing. Are you fucking... And you know what? There's a lot of times where I think Christina is just a chaos goblin causing trouble where there maybe didn't need to be trouble, but on this one thing... Yeah, she makes a public announcement. It's like literally, boop! This is the public of 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 NPR radio. (laughs) My name is Christina. And she makes a public announcement that Jews in Rome were under her protection she's like come to me because she knows like even though she doesn't have the standing that she used to she still has a protected status no one's gonna break into her palace to torture these people so she's like if you can make it in my house during the old mardi gras come to my house i'm gonna protect y'all 
Which Hey, that's fun. I love that. So she continued to scandalize the population by acting like, like a, a normal person. <laughs> she was known to walk the streets on her own. Normal. Talk to shop owners. Normal. Grab a beer with some dudes. Normal. Yeah. And then given that she was once a queen, people thought that, oh my God, this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. You can't be talking to peasants. And she's like, watch me. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> watch me with, watch me nene. <laughs> watch me have a beer with some regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how she lived the next two and a half decades of her life. Just kind of giving the middle finger to society, collecting art. She has a huge art collection that survived, which one thing one thing that made me kind of sad in her huge art collection that survived was a portrait of Ebba. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Like, that so she kept sense. it for her whole life. Aww. Yeah. And so she just, hipster queen up in here like i love it i love this and night then in 1689 she got sick and developed pneumonia yeah she knew the end was near at this point and basically sent the popa a nota and sent the popa a nota and was like hey i know i was a bit of a pain in the ass but can we be friends y'all can we can we be on good terms like we good you know like it seems like the pope accepted this olive branch as one should yes if you're the pope yes forgive right doesn't wasn't jesus like he had a whole thing about that right yeah Yeah. good job katie okay (laughs) religious scholar over here (laughs) so she passed away on april 19th 1689 at the age of 62 right she requested a simple funeral but the pope said no the funeral they threw for this woman was so over the top, which is surprising to me for like in her later years, how much a huge pain in the ass she had been to Rome. But still, she represented a Lutheran ruler who converted. So it was still like this whole thing that they were like wanting to, they were like, ignore that she was a pain in the ass. She still chose Catholicism in the end. She was like a staple of Roman society at that point. Yes, 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 yes. Her body in the club getting tipsy with Christina. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) So she was given the funeral of a popa. Basically, basically she had all these honors and she was buried in the Vatican graveyard where popes are buried. Which was like the opposite of that dude that she buried. Descartes, yeah. Uh, Whoops. (laughs) Whoopsie. She is only, to this day, only one of three women buried in that graveyard. Who are the other two? Um, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, I have a link in the show notes, and I looked it up. One was um, the wife of a guy, the Bonnie Prince Charles from England, who, like, was Catholic, and he got deposed. And, like, and, right, and right, another right. one was... Um, other woman um i have it in the show notes if y'all want to check that out <laughs> sorry we, we can edit that out yeah we can leave it in for patreon but no i do if you want to check it out i do have a link that you could check out but um so that is the absolutely wildlife of ex tina christina of sweden gender bending 
Chaos Goblin, Hipster Queen, quoted by Katie, all of those. Let's <laughs> raise a glass. Oh my gosh. I This was such a fun episode. Well, guys, that was the end of this season. Like don't, I, don't miss this for too much longer because we no, won't be gone long. No, and if you're a Patreon supporter, we are going to continue. We are going to take about a month off, but we'll continue popping off in Patreon soon. And we are going to make sure you guys have some Queen's content in the intermittent. Queen's content. Cheers, bitches. Cheers. All right, Lord Nathan. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too. And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for listening. Cheers, bitches. Cheers, bitches.